Welcome to the Rutledge Perspective Podcast. This podcast is for you, and I welcome you to come as you are. There is no judgment here, just folks doing everything they can to stand in their power and show up every single day. So if you're looking for inspiration, welcome. If you're looking to level up or to make a change or you just need a minute, welcome. And if you're looking for some perspective on your circumstances, either personal or professional, well, that's my jam. No matter why you're here, I'm glad you are. And this message is for you. Welcome to my village. On the Rutledge perspective this week, I want to address this idea of happiness. And as you think about you going through your days, whether you are in a leadership position, because remember leadership is about behavior, not position. But if you're in a leadership position or even if you're on a team, how often in your day do you hear people say, oh, they're not going to be happy or man, that's going to make them really happy or we've got our employees aren't going to like that. They're just not going to be happy about that. We use this word happy a lot to describe what's going to happen as a result of someone's feelings about something. And if you look at happiness versus something like joy or contentment or those deeper feelings, those are internal, right? You are content. You may be unhappy at times, but if you're overall content, there's a level of calm and peace. And then joy is is really a practice, just like you practice gratitude. People practice being joyful. But happiness tends to be something that is responsive. We respond to something that occurs around us or happens to us, right? Happiness is a response to what happens. And often that response is really about that moment, right? Does that moment agree with what we believe should be happening or not? Now, here's the bigger context of that for you around happiness. We've talked before about establishing these relationships, establishing trust, aligning your words and actions so that people know what to expect from you so that they can move forward and you can have a really clear understanding of what's needed, right? What's expected. You have open lines of communication, all of these things that, that stem from aligning your words and actions from people being able to trust how you're going to respond to something. Happiness plays right into that. If you hear people around you saying, Ooh, I didn't want to tell you because I knew it wouldn't make you happy or you're not going to be happy when I tell you this or man, that's going to, this should make you really happy. What they're really saying is when I tell you this thing about what I did or what occurred, I am anticipating your response to what happened and how it's going to impact me. All of that is tied up in that whole, Oh, I don't know if you're going to be happy or this should make you really happy. They're really talking about an anticipated behavior. I don't know if this is going to make you happy, which means I don't know how you're going to respond to me. Are you going to yell at me? Are you going to be mad at me? Are you going to fire me? This should make you really happy. You've been such a pill lately. So this should cheer you up. And what happens in that circumstance is we create a culture of yes. And not just yes, because we're not sure how we're going to do it, but we're going to say yes, and we're going to make it happen but a culture of having yes people, an organization that is afraid to have bad news travel fast and good news should travel fast, but bad news should travel faster. And I learned this really early in that 
I always set expectations with my team to say, Hey, we're going to set guides. We're going to set deadlines. These are things that we're going to do. And when we set them, that's what I'm counting on. I also recognize things happen. So as long as you tell me early, we can probably fix it, whatever it is, but just don't let me be surprised. Right? I set that expectation very early and I think I'm clear most of the time, but every once in a while I haven't been, or somehow I haven't been. And what happens is with this idea of happiness is people see or don't understand the expectations that have been set. And if when you're unhappy, the first thing you do is just slam somebody. You bite them in the rear end so fast. You publicly humiliate them for making a mistake or you walk around slamming things. I mean, it's, it's an unpleasant experience. Your unhappiness creates an unpleasant environment for those around you. Then when something happens really well and you're excited and you're happy and then you create this environment where people are like, oh, this is great. We can be around this person. So instead of people being focused on their role and what they're supposed to be delivering and the deadlines and being able to ask questions and be able to bring forth information, they are more focused on paying attention to what your mood is. I don't know. She doesn't look happy today. Oh, I just passed by her office and she was screaming at somebody. So y'all better stay clear. That's what you get when your behavior is so radically different depending on whether you're happy or unhappy. Now, you guys have been listening to me a long time and following me for a while know that I always say, I don't have a poker face. I just don't, and I'm not going to get one. But I'm very well aware of the fact that I don't have one. And so what I try to do is make sure that my words, right, and my tone don't necessarily reflect what's on my face, especially if what's on my face is you have lost your mind. Why are we talking about this again? And I've also learned that sometimes the best thing you can say is nothing because nothing can convey even more than any words could possibly convey your disapproval, your, okay, we probably need to talk about this. This was not what we talked about. This was not a line. Silence can convey lots of things and you don't have to come at people with this raging anger to get your point across. What it also does when you recognize your own issues is it gives you an opportunity, as I said on the radio show, to pause and evaluate. Did someone do something that was misaligned with expectations that made me unhappy as a result of how I communicated? Was it a result of lack of understanding? Was it a, they just don't have the ability to do it? Or was it, they just decided not to? or they didn't manage their time well and they just didn't get it done. And now all of a sudden I'm surprised and we're having to wing it. By understanding how your behavior when you are happy or unhappy can impact others, you are able to pause and say, let me rethink this because if I listen actively, I can understand what situation I am in and then I can respond appropriately. Because the other thing around that behavior, when it is so volatile, right? Your ups are really up and your lows are really low. It gives people the opportunity to manage you based on what their pain is going to be. And so you don't get full information. You surround yourself with yes people. You surround yourself with people who are afraid to tell you the truth or tell you something that's contrary or to bring legitimately after acquired information that may change the direction because they are afraid of your reaction. And is that what we want? What we really want 
is to be able to have lines of communication that are open so that people can make the best decisions they can make with the information that they have. And they have grace to make mistakes because through those mistakes, they gain experience. And through that experience, you begin to create all of your successors and you can move on to the next thing. So even if you don't care so much about them, you care about you. And if you want to move, you got to have people who can replace you, right? People who have learned, people who have grown. And they do that through making mistakes, through understanding what's going on, through having to adjust. And they need you to be able to do that. It's the same thing if you're not leading, if you are a member of a team, if your face reflects everything that you say and you're always either really contrary or you're really happy, then every time you go into one of those team meetings, people are going to be reading your face, reading your body language and deciding how they're going to interact with you. As we told students last week, it takes about 16 seconds for somebody to decide about you. And if your behavior has demonstrated that you're going to be ugly in a meeting if you're unhappy or you're going to be the biggest cheerleader if you're happy, they are managing to your behavior, not focused on the issue at hand and the outcomes that the organization is trying to achieve. And that makes everybody lose. Everybody. So this idea of pursuing happiness as an ultimate goal, I believe is a fallacy. One, there is no way you can make everybody happy. Someone is going to be unhappy with whatever decision that you make. And two, if you're really pursuing making everybody happy, then that gives people ammunition as well to really come at you and know that you are going to turn yourself upside down to make them happy. Those few employees, and I do believe it's few that are on the fringes or those few team members who are on the fringes who really have their own interest in, in mind. They don't care what happens to anybody else. They don't care what the impact is to anybody else. They just want to make sure it's good for them. Those people will take your desire to make sure everyone's happy and turn you into a pretzel when they're unhappy because they know you're going to respond and do whatever it takes to make sure they're happy. Guess what? They're never going to be happy. There's always going to be something else they want. There's always going to be something else that you should do in order for them to be happy. We're not responsible for someone else's happiness. We are responsible for the choices we make, for the actions we take, for our good intent that may have some unintended outcomes. We are responsible for that. But our ultimate goal and our ultimate responsibility or accountability is not for making people happy. We want to create environments where when people work with us, when they approach us, when they are in community with us, they feel safe. They feel psychologically safe. They feel emotionally safe. They feel supported and they feel valued. They feel valued because you can still do things that people don't like. You can make decisions that people don't agree with. And yet if they feel valued, if they feel heard and seen, if they understand because you have communicated clearly what the ultimate outcome is and why the decisions were made, even if they don't agree, they at least understand and they can develop some trust because you have a level of transparency and authenticity and openness with them and your words and actions are aligning. So you're showing and demonstrating integrity. They can trust you and that trust can drive a level of contentment that even when people are unhappy, they understand the value and they can generally be content, generally be content. So for those of you who are really looking for someone else to make you happy in your job, right? In your business, I challenge you, 
Is it really about happiness, which is fleeting? Happiness is temporary because it only takes that one person that did the wrong thing for you to be unhappy again. I challenge you to not think about happiness, but to think about content, being contented. Think about belonging, thinking about joy, thinking about feeling valued. Those are the things that I challenge you to think more about as opposed to how can I be happy today? How can I make someone else happy today? Maybe the question is, how can I make someone feel valued today? How can I serve someone else today? How can I use my gifts knowing that something good is going to happen to me today and I can be something good to someone else? I can be that place that is safe. I can operate in integrity. I can demonstrate through my actions that, yeah, there are going to be times when I have really bad days and I'm really unhappy with something that occurred. And there are times when that may result in some less than kind language, less than soft language. And I am going to be so aware and so mindful of my behavior that I manage that volatility to the best of my ability so that people do know, yes, she's human. She gets angry or yes, she's human. There are going to be days when she is just on it and she's really happy and she's human. And so even in those times when she is really unhappy, generally because she's shown it to me, there's a reason. There's something that wasn't done. There's something that didn't get met. There was something that occurred that was legitimately around an outcome or an expectation. And so I'm going to get a chance to talk to her about it and understand and learn what the issue was and be able to rectify it. I'm going to have the chance to do that. That supports trust. That supports safety. And you don't walk around with people only talking about whether or not you're happy or unhappy and modifying their behavior in order to get that behavior that they need from you, that they don't manage information, right? And, and disseminate information in a way that makes it less likely for you to be unhappy because then it's less likely for you to be nasty to them. You get full information. You get full participation. You get people who are coming as themselves, their best selves, doing the best they can and being willing to learn and being willing to fail. Innovation is about moving fast, being willing to fail, learning and adjusting, not making that same mistake again, but being ready to address the next one you're going to make because there will be another one. So I challenge us to not think about being happy all the time or making everybody else happy but instead to think about how we create an environment where people are content, they are joyful. And so happiness is a beautiful thing, but happiness is not a requirement. And the contentedness and the values driven belonging enables people to really show up authentically, to move good information quickly and to move bad information even faster so that we can all move into those creative spaces to get answers and to drive outcomes that are desired and are beneficial to everyone. I hope this made some sense and really spoke to someone because it really was something that came up for me today as we think about this happiness versus joy versus contentment. Let me know how that resonated for you. I'd love to know how that landed. And let me know what else you would like to talk about here on the Rutledge Perspective podcast. As always, I appreciate your listening, downloading, tuning in, commenting, all of that good stuff. I love it. 
I love doing this and I love showing up. And I thank you for continuing to do the same. Have a fantastic rest of your week. Hopefully I'll catch you on Fireside on Thursday nights at 7 p.m. where we can interact live in the as you're in the studio audience. Look forward to seeing you next time. Take care. You have been listening to the Rutledge Perspective Podcast. Thank you so much for downloading and for connecting. You can find previous episodes of the podcast on my website at laurelrutledge.com forward slash podcast. You can also find me on social media at Laurel K. Rutledge and or The Rutledge Perspective. And I'd love your perspective on the things we talk about. And if there's a specific topic you want me to cover, just let me know. And please share this podcast with someone in your village who may need this little piece of perspective today. And if you're so inclined, I would really appreciate a five-star rating and review on the platform of your choice. Apple Podcasts and Spotify reviews are particularly helpful. Thank you again for listening. Take care.